All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the lab. With you tonight, you have Alex, Brandon, and me, Lou Follenkamp. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode um, about who inspired us, and today what we're going to kind of get into. Um, got got two different topics. We're going to kind of break this into a two-parter just for the sake of time um, tonight and then tomorrow. Um, but what we're going to kind of lead off tonight's discussion with is going to be prehab versus uh, rehab. Um Obviously, a lot of the the kids that we've seen over at No Name and also with me over at Novacare Rehabilitation in Piqua um, is just the importance of kind of being on top of your symptoms just to begin with, if you have any. Um, but the other thing is just before we even get into anything about prehab and rehab, the number one thing that you need to be able to do with with your coach, with your PT, um, your, your family and friends, um, communication, right? So if it's bothering you, one of the best things you can do is just talk about it like being able to relay that to your coach because if you're trying to just push through something you think it's just going to magically go away um you, you're just walking yourself down a path that's not going to be fun for you um i guess in terms of my experience with like a, a prehab setting um some of the biggest points of prehab i would say is you know making sure that you're dialing in particular parts of like volume before you're like about to go underneath uh, the knife for surgery like a post-op or uh, an acl tear for example um, before you're going to have surgery you want to obviously work into particular aspects of range of motion strength etc um, and then the after effects of the rehab part of things is, is is just fun because you've already set the groundworks before surgery you now had surgical trauma and now you have to work through that again um, so i guess before we kind of dive into prehab rehab talk um let's go into some things before you even get into that so let's talk about ways that you can kind of maintain a good training uh regimen and then also like if you do kind of come into the the unfortunate happenstance of developing an irritation what you can do before you decide to push that envelope in the wrong way i mean we've all been there all right <laughs> I see Trotter shaking his head, and I see, I kind of see Brandon down there. Maybe not so much. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has to find out like where their tolerance level is. I guess, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that comes from trial and error. As far as that goes, like you, you inevitably are going to push it too far and be like, ah. Did it too much this day? Did it too, you know, hopefully it's just not a step backwards. But if you don't kind of push that limit, then you don't know where you are. So, like, the younger that you are, I, I feel as if, like, you kind of need to, like, feel it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. But it does help having, you know, guidance from people that have been there, done that, too. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to throw this out there. You know, it might not stick, but we're going to throw it out there. Like when I'm, if I know that I, like, have something, like, coming up, I'm going to be, like, talking about, like, your tolerance and stuff like that. If I know I have something coming up, then I'm not going to uh, push that threshold. Because, you know, you obviously, you always want to get your stuff healed as fast as possible. But if I know I got something kind of like it's not, you know, it's still a long ways away, that's when I'm going to kind of start pushing that threshold of, of, you know, what can I tolerate when I'm dealing with, you know, maybe an injury or something like that. It might kind of 
prolongate the the total re- the total recovery time a little bit, but I'm still going to be able to get that that higher workload that I'm looking for during that healing process. So I think it kind of comes down to like what my competitive schedule is, in a sense. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't sound like the smartest idea to do because obviously you want to get healed as fast as you can. But if I can kind of still like build and maintain some type of uh, a muscle or capacity. And, you know, maybe sacrificing that, that, you know, maybe a couple of days worth of, of a little bit more irritation than what it would, re- would originally have. And that's, that's what I've always done. Mm-hmm. Might not be the smartest thing, but it's worked out for me in the long run. Yeah. So like you, you, when you get more into like the prehab type of things, prehab, I always think like the person's either sustained an injury or a minor type of injury. Um, you're trying to basically prepare the body for whatever is needed next. Um, so like, if you're talking about like, you have like this minor irritation, right? You're talking about like a, like a sprain. Um, I'm sorry, strain, not, not, not a ligament, but like a muscle strain. Right. So when you actually like hurt the actual musculotendinous unit, um, and that area is not irritated, loading the tissue doesn't feel great. So like, obviously it's going to take a few weeks for that area to heal. It's not just going to like magically boom. I feel fantastic. Um, so what happens with that is, it does take a formality of time and where you have to go from point A to point B. So like that ain't going to happen over a span of like two or three days. You're going to look at like maybe one to two weeks if it's like a very minor one, but then you're going to look at like four to six weeks, maybe six to 10. Like it all depends. There's so many different variables that go into it. There's no like set date. It just depends on how, how much did you push through that irritation and now you've maybe aggravated it worse to what you're eating and sleeping like hydration levels like because those all go back into building blocks of making everything um rebuild back stronger and then reintegrating at a rate that is appropriate for the tissue so that you are kind of honoring its healing rate but then also still working on the things you need to in the gym so that it's not like piss off one two steps back one step forward piss off two steps back like it's like you want to keep making progress forward, but there's going to be exercise modifications. There's going to be things that you can do to kind of maintain a minor, minor irritation, and you can let it heal while at the same time making progress. And that's what we've done. Honestly, that's what we've done in the gym. That's what we've done in the clinic. Um, we've, we've pushed the kids to, to higher levels while also honoring the injuries that they have sustained. Um, so that's my little tidbit on, uh, and you're going to be a regular Dr. Doolittle over there, Trotter, with all those yeah. animals. Yep. <laughs> I'm just letting it happen. I'm trying to trying to figure out how Brandon does it. Nice. Just winging it. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I guess kind of going into um, the aspects of prehab, um, I like to think that if the person has sustained an injury, in which case it's going to require surgical intervention, uh, like I've already established before, you're going to be trying to address the areas that you can to the highest efficiency and get as much range of motion back, as much strength back. Maybe it's joint mobility, unless it's like an ACL tear and the joint's kind of unstable to a degree. Um, you're going to make it as stable as possible. So prehab is basically preparing yourself for what is to come following surgical intervention, right? So prehab could be an, any number of things, labral tear, where you're going to have to work within the confines of what stability the shoulder allows for, rotator cuff tear, probably going to be working with what you're capable of re- regaining strength and motion-wise, um, an ACL tear, you're going to be looking at more of like, what is my quad doing relative to my hamstring? Can I maintain my quad mass before surgery? Um, 
I mean, I even have a, a hip labral tear right now. Like they're trying to get back into the gym. And it's like, how can we go about, you know, honoring what's going on motion wise? Like if she goes into like full external rotation during a squat, it's a, it's a wicked pinch. It's not comfortable. It's painful. So we've kind of modified both, both range of motion. And then also what, like where she loads on her, like if she does a front squat, she's gold. She does a back squat and she actually does like more of like a low bar where she gets more of a hip hinge. It, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. So we've kind of like modified a lot of her training right now. Um, so prehab, I like to think of as like you're preparing for what's to come. Um, and as soon as you go under the knife, then you go from prehab to rehabilitation, right? So rehab, literally, literally from the get-go, right after surgical intervention, you kind of start off and it's going to suck, right? So like surgical trauma, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's trauma, right? So your body's undergoing a type of... <laughs> is undergoing a form of, of, of injury again, where I've had people who have had surgery and like, well, I thought my pain was just supposed to magically go away. And it's like, how can you go about educating that person? You, you just were cut open. They had to go in there, fix what was broken or what was torn or what was detached and had to completely put it back on. Right. So what happens with that is that now you've undergone a second form of trauma and, and, and the means mm -hmm. of we've now fixed everything fixed everything um, but now we have to build back up right so one of my favorite things to do both in prehab and then going into the post-surgical or the, the rehabilitation portion of things is what you can do modality wise to kind of help maintain uh, control of symptoms as well as oh nice uh, control of symptoms or maintain muscle mass because what do we know about muscle mass right it moves the joints provides stability Atrophy is one of the worst things that you can go through following an injury, following surgery, you know, ad nauseum. Um, in particular, things that I think need to be addressed, like I love using blood flow restriction training. I mean, I think that if I have a, a pre-surgical pre ACL meniscus or rotator cuff tear, I'm going to be using the BFR uh, system in order to basically sustain and um, stimulate the muscle at a level that maybe I can't do without it. Um, allows us to maintain uh, basically the muscle mass and girth of the like the quad, for example, after an ACL. Had one kid, <laughs> had uh, one kid in particular who actually gained uh, quad size with the VFR, and then after surgery, like did not lose it because we just kept going through that. Uh... <laughs> But uh, is there anything in particular you guys wanted to talk about in terms of prehab, rehab? Because rehab could even just be after injury as well. That's your world, big guy. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> oh, and Trotter's got his kitty. She just wants his attention. It cracks me up. <laughs> that, that's literally what it is. She does this with Steph in her meetings too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> now this this would have been a good one for dave to kind of chime in on too um i guess you could look at rehabilitation as always following injury or following surgical intervention right so like with, with terms of like rehabilitation you're trying to regain um function right motion motion strength joint mobility movement patterns um coordination, proprioception, like there's so many different things and aspects to recovery that, that needs to be addressed following injury. Um, obviously, if it's not like a post-surgical, 
where like there wasn't actually like full detachment tear or something needed to be required from an external fixation kind of a thing um what what caused them to or what led to that injury right so we'll in, in the next episode we'll talk more about like corrective exercise versus just programming modification and so the big thing to talk about then now would be like how someone was beforehand led to how they got injured right so either how they moved maybe it was a coordination like a firing pattern um, maybe they weren't strong on one area so they were compensating in another which led to the injury um, there, there's I mean there's a, there's a an infinite amount of variables that could go into this. Maybe they didn't sleep well enough that, that night before and they went to go do a one rep max and then they just weren't all there and they, they hurt their back. Um, maybe they weren't eating right. So maybe they just been consistently breaking down. So it's like, like I said, there, there's a multitude of different variables that kind of go into this. So when we're thinking about rehabilitation before just addressing like the physical means of like active range of motion and strength, I like to talk to the individual that I'm evaluating and kind of get an idea of like what's their lifestyle like so like what is your sleeping patterns like? like even though you've been hurt like what was your sleeping like beforehand um if you had like an example of what you've been eating for a week could you show me that um do you drink water like how much if so how much water do you think you get and that's where i think some people kind of miss the you know miss the mark right out of the gate is we want to sit there and give them every exercise in the book just so that we can get them moving more and get them better well it's like you could throw a million different exercises at someone but if they don't have those, those top three building blocks right out of the gate, doesn't matter what I do, they're going to remain irritated. Their healing rate's going to be a, maybe a little bit less than what it could potentially be, maybe not as efficient. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. That's not the way the body works. It will happen. It just might not happen at the rate we want it to. So there's, there's a plethora of different things that we can kind of dive into, but rehabilitation basically means that we are trying to take the deficits that you have now acquired from this injury, and we're going to work on them. And we're going to try to build back to a level. I usually say in, in PT, I should be the stepping stone because I should be able to take where you are lacking and I should be able to build you up to a point where you're at about 80, 85%. And then I like to have um, a multitude of like, like many hands make light work, right? So that's why I like having a tribe or a village of like individuals that can work with my patients and take them to new heights and new levels of achievement, right? So like the like we've done with a lot of the different athletes at No Name Athletics, right? Taking them from injury, we get them to the point where they're willing to like work back in into the gym. We take them into the gym, we modify the program as we need to, and then we <clears throat> put them back on full bore 100%, right? So we've had that with how many different athletes now? Like a ton. Um, it's just one of those things where it takes more than one person to you, you almost have to like rehash those things. Cause I can tell them till I turn blue in the face about eating, sleeping and drinking. Right. Um, but then when it starts coming from other sources, like, like Brandon or Alex, or maybe it's even the dietitian that's in the mix now. Um, like there's, there's a lot of different things that kind of go into this. Um, any particular things on rehab or prehab you guys wanted to kind of dive in more? Um, so like maybe what were you gonna say, Brandon? Nah, uh, you, you killed that. <laughs> I know it's because I've been rehashing this this for like the last two weeks with a lot of my my patients. There's been a lot of people so far I've had to give that to talk to, um, but it is important. I mean, it has its way. Uh, the number one thing I would say though, with um, kind of getting into, I guess, let's say you did sustain like a small injury, right? So you had a small injury. Um, what can I do now? 
okay, well, don't sit there and try to stretch it out like Matt. Like, obviously, you had an injury to an area where you loaded it, it got irritated. Let's say hamstring pull. You pulled it during sprints, or maybe you were doing a heavy RDL, pulled the hamstring, didn't like it, it got pissed off. You felt maybe that little twang. Any bruising and swelling? Mm, not really. Okay, it's probably pretty minor. Um, there's our bolt of lightning with it down into your foot. Maybe we got to talk a little bit more. Uh, just kind of give a general hamstring strain or sprain. Train. Yeah, God, my brain right now is crazy. But when you have those types of injuries, right, you're not going to go and try to load up to 75, 85% of your working weight, right? You're going to monitor how your body responds to that load. Obviously, if you're loading to a degree or a percentage that is irritating, don't push through that right now. Let's live to fight another day. I mean, if you got a PR on one day and then you injured yourself, you're not going to go trying to hit that again in the following week. If it's irritated, you go trying to put that same amount of percentage through your body, it's going to be like, mm, nope, and then it's going to aggravate it further. When you get more into the lines of like a week or two weeks after a minor, you can kind of start testing the waters, but still be smart about loading and kind of doing more of a gradual progression. Um, I'm not going to give you like specific percentages because everyone's so drastically different. Some people might only be able to tolerate 45% after an injury, while others might be able to go after one to two weeks back to 75, no problem. Um, there's a lot of different variables that kind of go into healing rates and what your body can handle. But like a few things like exercise wise that I usually don't like to do after an injury right away is going to be like a lot of stretching, like static, cold stretching on an injury, not fun, not going to be good. Get blood flowing, get that area moving, get it so that it doesn't, uh, I mean like low cardio walking on a treadmill, cycling, kind of get the area moving, <laughs> blood flow there. Don't drag trotter, please. And then uh, you look so tired, man. Oh, I've been like battling a sickness all week. He's got the black lung pop. Mm -hmm. Good. Not good at all. Good at all. But uh, no, I mean, you want to get the area moving. So it's as you start getting blood flow into the area, you can kind of start getting the area to heal a little bit better because blood flow is king. Um, if you can get blood flowing into an area that needs to be under maybe a little bit more demand um, for healing, always a wonderful thing. I mean, I love doing that with my post-op ACLs. Walk, 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 walk. As soon as you're capable of getting away from the crutches, we're going to be walking. We're going to be cycling. We're going to be getting a lot of blood flow. Aerobic activity for healing can be wonderful when done in moderation and when done appropriately. Um, all right, I'm going to I'm going to bring you two into this cuz I know you guys have both been or have been um in the shoes of a rehabilitation setting before. Uh what were some of the things that you guys kind of found worked for you when you guys had to go through modifications or maybe mentally what you guys had to kind of talk yourself through to keep yourself in the mindset of I'm making progress even though this is a setback I'm still moving forward. I'm kind of, it is what it is kind of guy. I mean, it's not going to just magically heal. So, you know, you might as well just do the, the steps you need to do and eventually you'll get where you need to be. Makes sense. That's good. What about physically? What have you been doing with your ankle? My toes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of working where you need to work. Yeah. Thought it was one issue. It turned out as another issue. So you just make the adjustments and, move on and go little things make adjustments keep making progress moving forward good 
How about you, Trotter? I would just say the the less serious that you take the uh, rehab, like the longer this injury is just going to be like drawn out. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to take it as if like it's, you know, like a training day or what have you there. So I would say that's the most important part. And just find little other goals that you can do, you know, like wallet rehab. So then kind of shifts that mindset or at least keeps it the same, like staying on an edge. It's actually a good way to think about it. So like thinking about like progressing in a way that's going to respect the injury, but also like how many times after an injury do we have kids that want to try to hit old numbers like right away or yeah. run at the same speed right away? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just unlikely to happen. Yeah. That's why it's like sometimes as much as we, we want to see them go back to a hundred percent, we have to be like, I don't see the bearer of bad news, but like the governor, like the brake pad. Um, you know, slow your roll a little bit, you know, you'll get there one day, but like right now we need to be smart about this. Um, I've had to do a few different talks with uh, some of the kids over the last few weeks and even some of my older patients, believe it or not, people who you would think would have more patience um, don't have patience. <laughs> so what happens is then, then they're like trying to do jumping and hopping when they're post-op labor repair. And it's like, what are you doing? We talked about this. This is not a good thing. Too, too much too soon. Impact. No, no. Um, so, no, I've liked that so far. I mean, discussion-wise with prehab and rehab, I mean, I think we've covered the basis of what both are. Prehab is basically just a preparation for what's to come. And rehab is basically just taking you from step one after injury all the way back to 100%. Um, so then you can kind of look at it in a few different ways with, with rehabilitation or like you're, you're beginning to sustain an injury or an irritation, like something that's just nagging and annoying. Um, what I want to talk about in next week's episode or two weeks from now's episode um, is, is corrective exercise always warranted? Like, okay, I'm getting an irritation. I should just do some corrective exercise to make this less pissed off. Or maybe we need to make some modifications in programming. So before we kind of close out today's episode, is there anything else you guys want to add on to that? No. Solid. Sweet. I kind of went full full trotter there like you did with the barbells that one day. That's my bad. <laughs> hey, I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, but we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode on prehab and rehab. Um if you guys want to talk about this a little bit more, maybe I'll, I'll pick Dave's brain about it too on one episode. We can kind of continue that discussion and go down that rabbit hole even further. Um, maybe talk about like what exercises or types of exercise. I know I talked about like, like loading too quickly, but like I'm not going to be going to use like heavy, heavy eccentric stuff like that. So maybe I'll save that for when Dave and I record next. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. Uh, we will see you guys next time.